Hello and welcome to the Doing Good with the DeVoe Group podcast, where we are dedicated to making the world a better place, one nonprofit at a time. I'm your host, Stephen Guzman, and joining me on the podcast today is founder and president of Close Up 360, Jared Zwerling. A lot of the work that we do is with nonprofits and foundations. So we really try to bridge the, the gap and, and, and create these really special relationships between players that, that uh, want to do good or are doing good. And then we create that kind of extra give back cause for them in this nonprofit type of way. So there's a lot of that, that unique collaboration. We do a lot of stories around foundations and charity work and you know all the, all the good things that guys do in their hometowns, especially hometowns, because yeah. guys are paid so much money now. You see the contracts now. Giannis just got paid with the Bucks, you know, 225 million over five years, which is around 45 million a year when you do the math. And you know these guys are actually using it. For, I know it's one mind boggling, but they're they're using the money for good. They're like Donovan Mitchell, great example. He, he just signed an also supermax contract, and the first thing Donovan Mitchell did was he gave 12 million to his high school. Jared landed his first professional writing job as the youngest person on staff at community newspapers in his hometown of Miami. After a sports business graduate degree from New York University, Jared started covering the NBA regularly. Seeing his mom run her own community groups and his dad manage a medical practice with his colleagues, Jared had the desire to start a company with a purpose. Here to tell us more about Close Up 360, Jared's Whirling. Jared, how are you today? Hey, everything's good, man. Surviving this crazy COVID world, cold weather in New York City, but things are pretty good. How about you? Hey, I'm glad to hear it. I'm doing well. You know, sunny Oklahoma, a little bit of snow on the ground, but can't complain. You know, another day on the planet is a good day. So, no Jared, what did, what did you want to do as a kid when you grew up? I really actually had this passion at a very young age. I was one of those kids that, you know, similar to like a, a basketball player, you know, wanted to be in the NBA. I wanted to be a, a sports writer. I wanted to tell stories about athletes. I started writing probably around seven, eight years old. I started writing poetry, won a couple of awards and some wow. local fairs and um just love creative writing my my family was always i remember at the dinner table was always or family functions it was always a lot of talking and great conversations mm-hmm. and storytelling I, I gravitated to that even though i didn't really contribute much i just was always listening and i love the details we're a very detail-oriented family so i was always intrigued with the details and the and the conversation so i started picking that up with the humanizing side of people and then combine that with my love for writing, obviously, I, and also my love for sports, playing sports. I combine all of that into writing at a very early age. So literally seven, eight years old, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, you know, work in the sports industry. So it's, it started really young for me. Wow. That, that's fantastic. And, you know, I've, I've taken a look at you know, a lot of the, the content that Close Up 360 puts out. And so it leads me to ask, uh, tell us about your love for basketball and where that started. Yeah, I'm from Miami, Florida, obviously a, a great city for outdoor sports. I was playing everything in the world, every sport, but uh, I was drawn to basketball. There was a hoop right by my first house I grew up in, mm. and uh, I would play there after, after school every day. But what I loved about basketball was not just the creativity, but I, I noticed that the, um, the the types of people that played basketball, there was more of a melting pot of people that, that played the game, you know, black, white, rich, poor. I just, I just noticed that there was a and Miami, too, has a very international demographic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Miami's very Latin, but also it's very international from Haiti, from the islands, from Europe. Yeah. So Miami, I gravitated to the, to the melting, melting pot of Miami. With all the diversity and culture, and I, to me, that resonated most on the basketball court in Miami. So I really drawn to that, and then plus the creativity of the sport. So that's really where basketball started. And then I'm 38 years old, so I was, you know, uh, I guess 10 years old when Michael Jordan won his first championship. Nine years old, actually. Wow. So I, I grew up right in the time of, of Michael Jordan. It's funny. I remember hearing an interview with Steve Nash, Hall of Fame point guard. 
and he was saying, uh, you know, he's from Canada, and which is a big hockey sport and mm -hmm. soccer sport too. But the reason why he picked basketball was because he grew up during also my, the Michael Jordan days. Wow. So Michael had an impact on all those guys that grew up. Steve Nash is a little bit older than me, but anyone born between like late seventies, early eighties, you know, not you know maybe a little part of the uh, late eighties too. Any of that time, like MJ had a huge influence on what sport people chose. Mm -hmm. So basketball. I mean, Michael was Michael was the first word that I taught my little sister. Wow. Who's eight years old. The first word that she said was Michael Jordan. I'm not kidding you. So that's, that's how incredible. That's <laughs> so I love that. I love that. When did you know you wanted to start close up through 60? So this whole career I've been on has been very focused on this off the court niche of storytelling. A lot of it goes back to, like I said, when I was younger, where I was drawn to the humanizing side of, of people. Mm -hmm. So I combined that with my love for sports, playing sports. So I, I wanted to, you know, at the time, I didn't think of it as off the court. I just saw it as humanizing stories about people like athletes as people. So, mm -hmm. you know, what they did, you know, beyond the game first and then sports second. So that was kind of always this theme I took on. And then it hit me, you know, probably when I started working at ESPN covering the New York Knicks, I was around all these guys in the locker room, like Carmelo Anthony, Jeremy Lin, Amari Stoudemire, a bunch of guys. And I, and I got a chance to know them off the court, like, you know, their businesses, their marketing, their foundations. And, and when you play in New York City, you have a lot going on. It's the media mm -hmm. capital of the world. So your, your off the court portfolio beyond the game is, is very diverse. So I was very drawn to all how these guys were making a brand off the court. So wow. that got me into that type of storytelling. And then Close Up 360 was really just magnifying NBA players globally and what they were doing off the court in, in a bigger way. I thought that there was a market for the NBA NBA players being being that they were so marketable, create a, a bigger destination around that type of content. Hmm. You know, I, th I think it's awesome that you got to spend so much time with the NBA players, especially seeing what they're doing off the court. You mentioned Carmelo Anthony, who was, I, I always saw Carmelo as, as my icon, right? I'm Mexican, Puerto Rican, and black, and Melo's, you know, he's Puerto Rican. And, yeah. you know, I, I was just like, this guy's God to me. <laughs> when he got braids, I had braids. When he cut it off, I cut it off. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, now he's got them back, but my hair doesn't got him back. That. <laughs> yeah, all these guys threw their hair out raggedy during the NBA bubble. Yeah, yeah. going to get the haircut, so they were like, "Okay, finally season's back. Let's get a haircut now." Right, right. So, tell us what the mission of Close Up Three Hundred and Sixty is, and how you champion that every day. It's really to well, we're a media platform production company specializing in, in NBA player stories off the court. We also cover some M w sorry, some some WNBA players, some non NBA, you know, some some college, some. Uh, G League guys, some overseas, but primarily focus is, is the NBA. You know, we look at, we do things very differently than other places, I feel. And I've been doing this for a long time, over 18 years. So, wow. you know, first of all, it starts with the relationships. You know, the, the mission really is to cultivate very strong relationships with players and their reps and their family members. And we really want to get a chance to like what they love off the court. What's their interest? What's their passions? What do they want to build? Do they have a foundation? So we try to take all this information and then and then create a really compelling story around that and then possibly try to bring them like an opportunity, whether it's an initiative, whether it's a brand, whether it's something of added value that will help them boost their off the court interest. Mm. So a good example of that is uh, Kyle Kuzma. We were in, I was in Australia last year for the team USA exhibition games before they went to China for the actual FIBA world cup for basketball. Mm -hmm. And they were playing in Australia in Melbourne. And so Kyle loved wine. And I knew that. But I knew that he was not fully immersed in the wine culture. And I knew that Australia had this beautiful wine country out there. So we actually organized a wine tour for Kyle to really get immersed more into the wine industry, to meet some new contacts, mm 
uh, get more of a, a feel for the industry of wine internationally. That's an example of how we work. We build the relationships. We try to create a beautiful, I always call it like, like a home video where a player can like sit down with his family and like watch it during Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's a very personal portrait of the player off the court in a very humanizing way. Yeah. And then we might bring an initiative or something of value to the player that, that that's something they can't do on their own, but they're, mm -hmm. it increases their interest off the court. So our mission really is to create these beautiful relationships, collaborate with players, create very unique, exclusive content for fans that they can't get anywhere else, mm -hmm. and then distribute it globally where we're creating this unique off-the-court lane that provides fans and consumers a chance to find a, a different angle for these guys. And at the end of the day, man, it's about, you know, you look at social media now with Instagram and all this stuff, you know, you can get so close to a player now in a world today where it wasn't like that years ago. You know, you have to wait for maybe a documentary to come out. Now, everyday social media, you can see what they're doing, what they're wearing. So we try to bring that to life in a bigger way with more deep dive storytelling. Yeah. Now, I've seen, had a chance to see a lot of your, your content. You know, this sparked out of uh, seeing the video from LaMelo Ball, you know, taking going to his mom's old school, I guess that she taught at, I think, and uh, doing that good work, which led to another video, the Timberwolves video, the the player that, you know, started a relationship yeah. uh, with a little girl that had, um, was it cerebral? It was some sort of a, uh, fibrosis. Yeah. Yeah. Cystic fibrosis and just super compelling, you know, moving, very moving. And uh, from that, I saw that, you know, you guys are doing good in this world. And I, I really like that. And so, which leads me to my next question, which is what is your favorite thing that close up 360 does and why? Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy you reached out because I know that your, your focus is nonprofit and just to clarify for your viewers, you know, even though we're a media company, uh, media platform production company uh, looking to generate income for, you know, not just our company, but for players to tell their story, monetize their stories. A lot of the work that we do is with nonprofits and foundations. So we really try to bridge the, the gap and, and, and create these really special relationships between players that, that uh, want to do good or, or doing good. And then we create that kind of extra give back cause for them in this nonprofit type of way. So there's a lot of that, that unique collaboration. We do a lot of stories around foundations and charity work and, you know, all the, all the good things that guys do in their hometowns, especially hometowns, because really? guys are paid so much money. Now you see the contracts. Now Giannis just got paid with the bucks, you know, 225 million over five years, which is around 45 million a year when you do the math. And you know, these guys are actually using it for, I know it's mind boggling, but they're, they're using the money for good. They're like Donovan Mitchell, great example. He, he just signed an also super max contract. And the first thing Donovan Mitchell did was he gave 12 million to his high school. Wow. The gym and, and whatever it needed. So that, that's the kind of thing that you see now players really want to give back, especially this year, COVID and, George Floyd, a lot of guys want to give back. So we're trying to explore those themes and 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 do that with uh, nonprofits and foundations and stuff like that. So to answer your question, though, yeah, LaMelo Ball was um, one of my favorite projects to work on. I mean, for a few reasons. Number one, he's a, a larger than life guy. You know, he's a global name, played in Lithuania, played in Australia, the, the Ball family. Yeah. Gets a lot of attention. So coming into that project, we were we were uh, uh, proposed, well, you know, we were pitched that the that, idea that we can get access to him. Mm -hmm. But it was our job to come up with the idea, the initiative to work with Lamelo. So we talked, we thought, we, we talked about it, and we thought that look, there's something special here. We can really create a new type of story that hasn't been done before. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of it was around his mom. His mom's a stroke survivor. She taught at his school for 24 years uh, as the athletic director. So we thought, what if we were able to do a special story around him and his mom, uh, a stroke survivor, and then create sort of an impact piece around her impact at the school 
what she's been through, kind of a return to campus and have LaMelo be the spark to kind of tell that story. Mm. So we did it at, at the mom's, at, at, at his mom's school. And then we brought a initiative with Yellow Brick, which has educational platforms online. And we created a partnership where the school got 100 scholarships through Yellow Brick. Wow. So students can take the courses. Uh, Yellow Brick specializes in um, passion focused courses. So streetwear, sneakers, music, okay. gaming, things that are more passion, lifestyle courses so we gave them 100 scholarships and then also we have a discount for other people around the world to go on on the, the microsite and uh sign up for these courses so it was a really cool mission because it really created a way to kind of show a different side of lamello a very personal story to his mom and then bring a goodwill cause to it with uh the educational side of it so that's how it all worked out that's incredible very heartwarming too you know anybody that's been following sports has you know seen their family and kind of heard about their story and stuff so when i saw that it's like, this is huge, you know. So I'm super glad uh, that that you went in on that because uh, yeah. it's going to be a huge interest. And uh, so, yeah. what has been your favorite project and why? Yeah, um, I mean, just for just for close up 360, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you would say, mm -hmm. or uh, um, you know, honestly, may, maybe you know, we work with Karan Butler. So Karan Butler is now an assistant coach with the Miami Heat. He actually played for the Thunder. Uh, he's yeah. played for about 12 teams, 11 teams, I want to say. Um, but yeah, he's a great dude. You know, Karan was a, a national thought leader during this time of, you know, George Floyd and social justice. Mm. Uh, started leading the NBA conversations on NBA Twitter wow. uh, around social justice. And, and Karan's just an amazing advocate. He has, a, he has a great story himself. He was arrested 15 times before he turned 15 years old. Wow. He has a best-selling book. He's got, he's working on a movie about his life. He has uh, an Emmy award-winning documentary about his life. He's an entrepreneur, businessman. But, you know, we had, a, we had a relationship for a few years and he actually came on as one of our advisors, but working with him has been great because he gives me insights on, on players and what they're thinking off the court. We also did something with him during Juneteenth day this year, mm. uh, where basically on Juneteenth day at, in racing, Wisconsin, where he's from, we did a whole rally for the community in honor of George, George Floyd. Uh, so that was really special, but yeah, Karan just, I think anything that we've done with him and just having him on our, on our team makes projects feel special, feel very personal. And, and he's a great champion for what we do. So uh, I give him a lot of credit for helping us out and uh, providing us some good ideas and insights on players. But really, we've done a few projects with him, some some features on his life. Mm -hmm. But also, he's given us insights into other players that help help spur other other projects. So Karan's been really great there. And we, he's the only NBA player on our team. Um, and uh, it, we have a very small team. But mm -hmm. having a guy like that as part of our small team is, is a really big, big benefit, having like an inside track on the NBA. Yeah, I'd imagine that's huge for your outreach and bringing in new stories and such. You know, that's and yeah. in 2020, yeah, yeah. media is like king, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely a huge help. And I mean, again, we're we're a player brand. You know, none of us are are in front of the brand. It's all you see the players. We're all behind the the scenes. So I did notice that we have player brand. It's about them. It's for them. It's their stories. So that's how we do it. Mm -hmm. I dig it. So yeah. how have current events affected Close Up 360? I mean, quite a bit, a little bit early on. I think that we were, we're, we're a brand that likes to tell stories, likes, likes to get out there and travel. We're documentarians. You know, I've traveled mm -hmm. the world. Um, our, our video director, Griffin, has traveled the world through Discovery. He's worked for Discovery Channel now, works with us on Close Up. You know, we're guys that like to get out and explore, yeah. you know, lifestyle in the world and, and be on the ground, get a little, you know, dirty, get get in the uh, the local scene of, of these cities. So. Mm -hmm. 
you know, right away it was it was tough because this is you know we had we had to think hard like are, are we gonna do remote content and record virtually and mm-hmm. you know we had to do it that was the, the way to do it and I think early on we were um, just trying to figure out what was the best route to take because we didn't want to rush it and just hit up reps and players and just start creating you know uh, we knew the guys were busy right we knew the guys were you know players were dealing with uh, COVID themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns with the Timberwolves lost a few family members from COVID. Yeah. Guys were going back home, trying to figure out, we didn't want to just throw stuff like random ideas, you know, because we knew that it was a sensitive time. So we, t- we talked about it and we came up with a series called Hoopers Me Heroes, where basically we had, we had an NBA player in each NBA city interview a frontline healthcare worker in that city to really talk about like what COVID was like in that city to raise awareness for an organization called getusppe.org to get personal protective equipment to frontline healthcare workers. So it was so cool having the NBA players themselves interview frontline healthcare workers all around the country. So that was our focus. We wanted to do something different, special. We got a lot of momentum on that. And then a lot of it too was just planning ahead for when players would be open to start filming again. So we started thinking about how to, how to start planning for the off season, you know, when COVID started seeing some decreases, it started getting worse, but, you know, we still were able to be safe on some shoots, wear masks, do the distance thing. So nice. we were we were able to get back there and film a little bit. But no, no question. See, it was definitely a hurdle early on, but we had a great premise. And I would say in the last three months or so, we've gotten back to filming more. Mm-hmm. And we're, again, we're trying to be creative and just trying to be bold. It's a, it's a tough time for a lot of media companies. But um, again, we do a little differently because we're more like, you know, collaborative, off the court. We're not day to day on the media schedule. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to we don't have to worry about being at an NBA game or an NBA arena. We could do it a little bit differently. So yeah. we're just trying to be creative right now and just trying to plan ahead for next year. Right on, right on. I'm I'm super excited for the new content. I, I subscribe to you guys on YouTube. I'm pumped to see what you guys are are up to. Yeah. Which we have no doubt. Leads me to this question: What are you looking forward to most in 2021? I think the biggest thing is that so we have a few things that we're working on. One is we're going to be going global. So we yeah. uh, signed a partnership. Uh, with a group out of Dubai, they're very experienced in, in global syndication of content. So we're actually going to push our content to multiple markets around the world. So that's definitely a big thing going global. Uh, we have some big long form projects that we're working on. That will be a little bit more in the 30 minute, maybe hour length. Wow. Um, uh, we will be working with uh, more of the ball family uh, cool. to be, you know, to come, but um, I don't want to give too much away, but we'll be doing a little bit more with the ball family. Okay. And uh, we have some special initiatives as well. We want to bring back Hoopers Me Heroes in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to find some more long form content. Like I said, more more documentary, more more build out content that we're not not just doing just day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have some creative ideas. Like we're still looking to film some things. It's not like we're just gonna like there, there will there will be opportunities to film. We just got to be calculated and and do the and take the right safety measures to do those. Yeah, uh, there won't be as many to shoot in person, but we just got to be. Uh, uh, creative and again like it, it, this is the time to be creative and bold you know you gotta just be you can't do what you were doing before this COVID thing is here to stay so we're just trying to figure out how to tap into player access and bring them opportunities that they still want to do while creating a value for fans and brands and all that all that, all that kind of stuff so jared we've made it to the lightning round so this is a quick answer round uh so here we go favorite okay. basketball player michael jordan <laughs> Favorite basketball team? I'm from Miami, so the Miami Heat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Who's, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? 
Well, Michael Jordan. So to answer your first question, who's the greatest <laughs> basketball player now? I, I mean, you know, Steph Curry, I would say, just his impact on the game. Steph Curry, the, even how he's impacted young, the young generation. But overall, all time for me, it's Michael Jordan. Okay. I can respect that. Who's winning the NBA championship this season? Lakers. As long as Anthony Davis uh, stays healthy. I don't worry about LeBron, but Anthony Davis, he's been he's known to be injury prone. But if he stays healthy, they're the Lakers. I agree. What is your favorite nonprofit? Hmm. I've never been asked that question before. Can I be a little biased? Please. So uh, my, my mom, Holly, my mom, Holly, she, she runs a, a fatherhood initiative out of, actually out of South Florida. You asked me before about how I got my passion for all this. Yeah. My mom is a big part of it. She, my mom is a social worker and she's run nonprofits very successfully. She has a nonprofit in, in Miami, South Florida called the Fatherhood Task Force of South Florida. And it's all around fatherhood. Uh, facilitating the lives of fathers and kids' lives. She helps fathers who are not with their families to come back and and, and be better fathers. She does a lot of reading pro reading wow. programs in, in Florida schools where fathers come to read through their kids in school. She has conferences where fathers come to conferences and learn and, and meet other fathers and how to, you know, there's a big deficiency. I think she says to me, 85% of African-American families in this country do not have a father in the household. It's a very alarming number. So I mean, I've seen it firsthand. She does incredible work with fathers, and it's a, it's a big need of emphasis. And also NBA players now, you see them with uh, their own kids. A lot of NBA players didn't have fathers around, and you're seeing guys like Damian Lillard and Le LeBron James and all these guys with little kids now, and they're, they're the, the support they have for them is just amazing to watch. So I think my mom's foundation or nonprofit, sorry, from what she's been able to do and, and how it also relates to my work with NBA players as their – you know, I seeing them as fathers is a, is a really good connection there for me. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And and I would love to interview your mom and talk about this father <laughs> you initiative. Go. You know, it's she's a big amazing. deal. She is amazing. She she's uh, won a state. Uh, she won a war by the state government for her work wow. with father. Uh, she she is a pioneer in South Florida. I, I it's a, it's amazing what she's what she's been able to do. Um, and she's a she's a woman helping fathers. Like it just. You know, she's like in all the photos. It's like my mom and like all these fathers. You know, yeah. She has, she's a true champion uh, for fathers. So yeah, no. If you want it, she would love to. That's good work. Yeah, we'll have to connect after after this about yeah, that and sure, set that sure. up. You know? So okay, <clears throat> we can talk about that. Uh, <laughs> no, all good. all good. So Jared, how can people find out more about Close Up Three Sixty? Yeah, a few ways. So uh, closeup360.com, our social media at closeup360 uh, on all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, um, TikTok even as well. Uh, but, you know, our features run all over the place. So we run on Players TV, which is on uh, Samsung TV Plus, the app, Roku, Sling TV, uh, Zumo, and Vizio. And then we also have features on YouTube, Ball is Life. We're on Clutch Points and uh, Wave TV those are also more social digital platforms. Um, so those are kind of our main areas. Um, we hit the TV side, the YouTube side, and then we're going global. So again, that's, that's, that's a bigger conversation, but we'll be, you know, in, in different countries next year. Um, trying to think of anything else that I'm missing. I think that's about it. That's, those are the, the main areas right now. So. Okay. Right on Jared. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Really enjoyed learning about close up 360. No, I appreciate your time and your questions, man. <laughs> I'll tell my mom <laughs> you uh, you might be interested, so so she'll get a kick out of that. Yeah, for sure. 